0: work less, and earn more. You've already earned it. Let's make it happen. Bravery is a skill, not a personality trait, and it is the fastest, most powerful skill to creating the career and life you really want. I'm Nicole tricksteinbach the International Bravery Coach and your host. I'm a former global senior director in the tech industry who's worked in over 25 countries and now a certified and proven coach serving professional women like you all over the world. My promise is that you will stress less, work less, and then earn more. So let's dive in. Welcome, welcome to this episode. I've got some news first, and then I have a fantastic guest. So this is season five of the celebrate brave podcast. And for those of you that are new, if you want to share ideas with me, suggestions with me, then make sure that you're on your, my email list. It's at tricksteinbach.com link is also in the show notes. And for those of you who've been around for a bit or for even longer, well, first of all, thank you. And also a recent email I sent out was asking for feedback, improvement suggestions, suggestions on topics and in guests. And two major themes resulted for how I can make this podcast serve you even more. So the first one was you want to hear more specific career advice. Okay. You're going to start hearing that in every guest conversation. And then number two is you want to hear more from women who are currently in full-time roles. Great. Now, these are changes I'm going to put in following my Build Your Brave framework and the concept of the 2% shift that's inside and baked into everything I do. Instead of attempting dramatic change that can feel exhausting and frustrating, we are going to do this. I am going to do this with incremental shifts. And today is one of the incremental shifts because today I am welcoming Sarah K. Charles as my guest. Now, I had the pleasure of meeting Sarah over social media, actually, and it was a light conversation, a little bit of interest networking with the potential for a podcast, and you're going to hear me explain my response when she came on to the video. And what really interested me in Sarah is that she's a women's financial empowerment advisor. She is truly an advocate, and you're going to hear it all throughout our conversation, for increasing women's confidence around their money. She has a fun program name as well. She spent over two decades in top advisory firms and has been in business with her husband in 2023. She is really shining a light on doing things differently in the financial industry so that more people have the opportunity to be active in a planning process and to increase the access for financial advice and wealth building and she's a Swifty so for long time listeners we're starting to see a theme somehow Sarah shares her career concrete career advice she shares a story and she shares a value we are going to be talking about authenticity in some really special ways and in ways that I know are going to inspire you going to stretch you a bit so, You can listen to this one while you're in the car, while you're getting other work done. And you might want to have a piece of paper because she drops some serious gems. Here we go into this beautiful conversation. Sarah, coming in hot. So what is your career advice that you want to share
1: with the community?
0: I think the best
1: advice I can share, Nicole, comes from the book Quit by Annie Duke. And I am so excited. Okay. So I, okay. So
0: listeners, I didn't ask what it was because I love having my human response. I am going through that book right
1: now for the, now it's my fourth time. Oh, was, we are. Oh, I'm so excited. It was mm. a game changer. So I read it last year when it came out and towards the end of the book, she writes about ants and how when you see ants, the majority of the time, you see a colony sort of marching in a line to and from their food source back and forth. Because what happens is an ant will find a piece of food. They pick up the scent, the pheromones. However, she said, there's always a few ants off to the side, scouting around. And they do that for two reasons. One, They don't know if the food source they have is going to be taken away from them. And two, they don't know if there's a better food source out there. And one of the mistakes I made was prior to this shift to being an entrepreneur, I loved my job. I loved my company. I was, I am going to die here. This is the last job I will ever have. And I remember my husband suggesting to me, like, it doesn't hurt to look. And I was like, no, I'm not going to look. That would be betrayal. How how could it be better than what I have? And then what happened? My company announces a merger and my whole professional path gets upended. The future I was planning on, the future I was so certain of, was no longer mine. And so the best advice I can give to people is always be open Because you never know if there's something better out there and you never know if what you have might be taken away from you, right? These are things that are out of our control.
0: Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. I love how your story lines up with that as well. Because so being from Southern Ohio originally, ants are an issue. They get into everything, (laughs) right? And so I had been taught like you have to use vinegar to clean off the smell so they can't follow the smell anymore. And I had been taught to look for those wayward, the lost ants. And the first time I read that book, I, and I got to the ant chapter because I had been so judgmental of those lost ants, right? The ones that are confused. Maybe they can't smell where I like all this judgment. (laughs) I snapped the book closed and looked and just like had to like reprocess, reorient all of these ideas and decisions and judgment that I had and then could bring it into career, life, et cetera. And I have this concept called not waiting until things are really bad. Like you can invest in the green zone. You can go from good to great. And I share, I have a podcast episode about that. I'll put it in the show notes. But I share about how a woman changed my life because she said to me, well, how about you invest now when things are okay instead of waiting for it to get bad? I could only give myself permission to do that by embracing the octopus because an octopus you can tell is starting to age and become unhealthy when it loses its curiosity. And then this ant concept, we need to both be looking, not, we are not lost. We are not selfish. We are not, you know, confused. We don't, we haven't like all these things. We are curious and exploring because. Perhaps there's, in your case, a merger, an acquisition, and boom, life is different. And also, there may be an extraordinary opportunity that a human just doesn't see because they're so focused on this one trail, this one food source. I'm so excited you brought this.
1: Well, and if I think about my situation, the trail I was focused on, the path I was focused on was the path that my 33-year-old self Mm. had determined. I'm walking the path of my former self without without taking the time to stop and say, is this still the right path to be on? Do I need to make a change? Like, I appreciate what 33-year-old Sarah wanted to do. And it was a great goal. So 33-year-old Sarah, once I joined my former company... I was like, I'm going to be president one day, right? That was, that was my goal. And looking back, part of it was because that was, that was the only way to really measure success as a financial advisor. We didn't really have much of a career path. So being president was how I could, how I could achieve some level of progression in my career, but it was also just cockiness, right? Let me show them what a woman Mm -hmm. can do in a man's world. And I didn't. I said it. I didn't take it seriously for a really long time. It was just something that was out there. But again, I was so tunnel vision, like, okay, this is Uh what I said I'm going to do. Now I'm going to do it. And I'm on this path. And, and you know, if we hadn't gone through a merger, I assume that would be the path I'm still on today. But I'm so glad we went through the merger because it it gave me the gift of imagining different futures. And that's how I spent much of... 2022 and the first half of 2023. I got to imagine different futures and I got to choose a future that fit 48 year old Sarah.
0: Oh my gosh, right? New information, potentially new decision. Mm -hmm. And I love how graceful you are with 33 year old you. A lot of times we fall into the trap, like I did with the ants, of judging previous me versus meeting her with more wisdom more information more experience oh that's so
1: neat yeah I have a lot of grace for my my younger self and I acknowledge all the mistakes I made Mm -hmm. the life mistakes I made the money mistakes I made so much of what I talk about in my current role is all the bad money choices I made Mm -hmm. and the fact that I didn't I didn't even get started with my real financial life until I was in my mid-30s. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I have to have grace for my younger self because she taught me a lot and I'm grateful for those gifts. Yeah. However, oh, that's beautiful. I have no interest in going back in time and remember <laughs> my 20s, Like I will stay where I am all day long. Same. Oh my gosh. Strong Same.
0: Oh, this is so great. And I know that you also came to share a brave story, but I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. Did you want to offer
1: another? Gem? Well, I think the part of I called it my, my year of magical self discovery. And a big part of it was working with different coaches. I didn't, I didn't venture out into that wide unknown by myself. I started with a career coach who uses design thinking. And so one of the books I read was Designing Your New Life at Work by Bill Burnett and David Evans. Bill Burnett has done a TED Talk called Designing Your New Life. That was the first thing I watched. Then I read the book. And that helped give me perspective on how to navigate. It gave me the tools to imagine different futures. So what's really neat is I actually mapped out five different futures. The exercise takes like maybe 10 minutes. There's a worksheet and you sort of say, here's what I want to do. Here are the questions I have. Here's how excited I am about it. And so the five futures I mapped out included staying at my company, Wait, so was this after the acquisition or was this when this the was a-
0: acquisition was
1: announced or oh my it goodness? Was when the merger was announced and I knew I knew pretty quickly that it was not going to be the right fit. There was a they culture. called culture. Yeah, as a culture. I okay. called it a merger of equals. There is no such thing as a merger yeah. of equals. We should abolish that term. Please. People, please get rid of it. Please. Uh, but culturally, I could see we were shifting in a different direction. Mm hmm. And so I started this, if the merger was announced in February of 22, I started working with a coach in May of 22. Wow. Um, Yeah. Brilliant. So one of the futures I I chose was to stay at my current company, and I tried to imagine what that would look like. One was starting an RIA, a registered investment advisor, with my husband, Jim. But the big question there was, does the world need another RIA? Like, what would we do to differentiate? One was the idea of being a solopreneur. So I'm really passionate about women's financial financial empowerment and independence. Yeah. So could I build a career writing and speaking and taking stages at conferences? One was joining Elevest Sally Project's company, because mm-hmm. I love what she's doing. And one was really random. I'm really into leadership. So I know Ritz-Carlton has a leadership academy. And I was like, could I get a job there teaching other people about leadership? That so was my you life. had so, so, so much breadth. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so, here's the fun thing. One, I applied for a job at Ellevest twice and got turned down. I didn't even make it to HR, but I got to like go down that path. And then where I landed with my husband was coming he retired in 2021 because he wasn't having fun at his job because of covid yeah, yeah and after a year he was like yeah yeah i'm not mm-hmm. ready to retire so he had the idea to start an hourly only financial planning practice and she was he was building it out and, and developing it and i was on the sidelines cheering and then all of a sudden it's like wait a second we should be doing this t- we should be doing this <laughs> together i'm not happy That's where so i good. am i really believe in this model Yeah. So so now here we are, husband and wife. We have our own company, and I get to write and speak and teach about women's financial empowerment and women's financial independence. And so it's really, really awesome to be living the future that fit where I am, and it and aligns with the things I'm passionate about, the things I can, the gifts I can give to the world. You know, are you familiar with the Japanese concept of Ikigai? Yes, but please describe it for the community. I love, so the Japanese don't have a word for retirement. They really live their lives with this sense of purpose. And that's what the word Ikigai loosely translates to. And it's the intersection of what you're good at, what the world needs, what you can be paid for, and... What you enjoy, I think, is what you enjoy, yeah. yeah, exactly, and I'm sitting right there in the middle of that bubble right now, and that is a really <laughs> awesome place to be. However, it took me a long time to get here. I would not have had the privilege of sitting right in the intersection of all those things in my twenties
0: <laughs> right, yeah, I okay, so I will link to probably Wikipedia resources for eco guy if you'd like to learn a little bit about that. What I love about this is a the sheer breadth of possibility you allowed yourself to mentally consider. And then how you at work had, you know, while the merger was going, you were paying attention, listening, believing, exploring. Then you had these two that you ended up weaving together because what I love I don't think I've said this yet on the recording. What I really enjoyed about you is how you weave things together and you have really stepped into authenticity in your own way. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. You tried a path and we're like, oh, because I have four other potential paths. This one isn't working. That's great. And then there was like this other possibility that was just there as a way. What a gorgeous gift to give to yourself. And this was Designing Your New Life.
1: Yeah. So the TED Talk is called Designing Your... I think the TED Talk is called Designing Your Life by Bill Burnett. And then the There's the original book was called Designing Your Life. And then they've done several versions of it. And there was one that's called Designing Your, your New Life at Work. Okay. And, wow. Links think, will be in the show notes. Yeah. And so here's another one of the best things I got from the book was in one of the early chapters they talk about if you're unhappy at work how can you how can you work through that unhappiness and they offer the mantra good enough for Mm. now yeah and the reminder that where you are is good enough for now it might not be where you're going to stay but that was my mantra for the better part of a year you know and sitting in meetings or on zoom calls being like oh I'm so not fulfilled and happy right now. And I would just tell myself, good enough for now. Right. It's like love good that. enough for now.
0: I love that. Yeah. And Inky Guy can change over the course of your life, obviously. Right. So, like, for example, for me, one of the big times that one of my coaches asked me to reflect again was when I became a parent. It just changed so much for me with my identity and where I wanted to spend time and what I was interested in, what I wanted to learn and experience. And so I I really appreciate you bringing that to us. Wow. So I hear you that it took you time, but I'm also reflecting on the fact that as we're recording this, it's very late in 2023 or like almost Mm -hmm. to the holiday season formally. You started this in 2020, so less than two years. Yeah. Wow.
1: When you you put it like that, it's
0: it's a little bit wild. <laughs> yeah. I think that I I believe you that it felt like molasses or however you would describe low slow. But wow, that's actually like you transformed your entire career, which I'm sure, because you're in partnership with your husband, has changed your personal life significantly as well. Changed your wealth building as well. Changed oh, yeah. who you engage with as a speaker. Wow.
1: In less than yeah. two, in like two years, less than two years. Well, wow. I have thought about it like that, Nicole. So thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for <laughs> that different perspective. You know, it's like it took two years, but it also took the forty years beforehand. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. like where I was in February of twenty two was built on years and years of experience and working on myself and having the tools and the capacity to allow myself to transition. Yeah, Had this happened five years earlier, I don't know that we'd be having a conversation. It could look very different.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. There's almost like an identity shift that took place inside of your process. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've had clients who, you know, I'm a teacher. It was their identity. I'm a teacher. And then the virtual schooling and the the fall and benefits and the mass shootings. And they were just like, I can't do this anymore, but I'm a teacher. Right. And then other, I'm actually speaking specifically. I'm thinking right now about a specific client from years and years ago who she's a city girl, city girl, lived in all the big cities, Prague, Paris, Berlin, London, New York City, I'm forgetting another American city. I want to say Miami, but that's probably wrong. And then she got this extraordinary opportunity in a small Western state of the United States. And it was everything on paper. And what she was holding on to was, but I'm a city girl. I'm a city girl. Like this city is like the biggest city in the state. It's like 300,000 people. What is this, right? And how much... How quickly the process was for her, like you, but how intense it was. So it felt so significant and felt so slow because it was so big. And that definitely sounds like it could have been an element for you as well. Yeah. So one of the things I really wanted to touch in with you, because we had such an amazing nuanced conversation, and I know it brings in like identity change and this beautiful Career advice of like, yes, go to the food source, but also continue to explore. And then the year of magical self discovery is authenticity. And we had such an incredible conversation about it and some of the coaching that you got and some of the leadership feedback that you got. And so, what I, dear listeners, what I wanted to bring to you was that Sarah and I had very different experiences. And going to our authenticity as humans and as professionals. So I'm going to start with mine very quickly. And then I'm going to hand it over to you because it's just such a nuanced conversation. And I loved that maturity between the two of us. So I started off hiding everything. I never shared how I grew up or where I grew up. I hid my stutter as much as I could. It was one of the benefits of speaking in German because people just. We'd be like, oh, she's working on the grammar because, oh my God, the German, like, come on, man, the the grammar. We got to work on the grammar over there. Anyways, I would ask tons of questions, but I never, I I put on, and I still do this, put on this extraordinarily confident facade, and then I would go to the bathroom and just weep because I was so stressed and confused and lonely and all of these things. And as I became more mature, and especially after I became a mom, it was too exhausting to hide that I'm a little bit kooky. Like I was having, I was having laughter and flexibility sort of in my career, but I was also holding myself in and hiding really important parts of me. And then I was just on. (laughs) I was thinking about it in prep. this. I was just too tired. I was literally too tired when I look back on it now. And I was also working with a coach who was helping me sort of, I think my year that year was like blossom for me to allow more and more of myself to to come out. And I had more and more success. And then I let more and more come out. And I started wearing like funky little rings every once in a while. And instead of wearing the gorgeous expected suits and shoes and the heels, and I I actually started wearing chucks because I worked in tech. Like, come on. Everybody else was doing it, you know? And just all of those things to become closer and closer to my authenticity, right? And bring in a little bit of my wackiness. And then I started sharing, you know, my background, growing up poor, the fact that I had a stutter that it's really hard for me to recognize people. Turns out that that's how my brain works, but I didn't know that at the time. And so that was my journey into authenticity, always more authenticity. And your experience was really different and it also led to success. So I would love if you could share that with our audience, our community.
1: Yeah, today, anytime I do a values exercise, authenticity tops the list for me. I don't know how to be anyone other than myself. And I'm a terrible poker player. I, I pretty much wear my my emotion on my sleeve. A big challenge for me early in my career was around my appearance and specifically how I'm dressed. So I joined a wealth management firm at the end of 2000, headquartered in North Carolina where I live. We were part of an accounting firm. And my dad always likes to remind me or liked to remind me, Sarah, you work for a conservative industry, for a conservative firm in a conservative state. And I'm not super conservative. <laughs> I like bright colors. I wear a lot of mm-hmm. lily Pulitzer. You know, your audience can't see, but I've got Cat eye glasses with rhinestones on them in and, orange
0: and green, <laughs> and 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 when you came on the very first time we met onto the screen, I was like, mm, oh. I like you, Stanley, because it's so bright and cheerful, and it also like shows wealth, but in this beautiful structured way with glitter, and I was just like, oh, financial advisor who has these beautiful what is happening? I want to know everything about her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And this is you, you get to be a very authentic version of myself. But early on in my career, my boss at the time, who was my greatest champion. And I, if I had to say like how I wound up where I did professionally, it all traces back to him because he was a very loud, positive voice Mm. in my life at a time when I had a lot of negative voices. Nonetheless, he sat me down at lunch one day and he said, you always look very lovely. Basically, you're not dressing for the job you have. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was like, OK, I like to shop. So I took it as an excuse to essentially go to probably Banana Republic and, you know, buy a whole bunch of navy blue and and black stink things with jackets and pants and sheep dresses and and. I adopted that as a uniform for a little bit, but ultimately that's not who I am. Right. <laughs> that is like, I am just, right. I'm sorry. I don't wear pantsuits. Yeah. But I, but I did it because I wanted to be successful. And eventually a couple of things happened, right? Corporate culture shifts, our dress code shifts. Yes. All of a sudden we're allowed to wear jeans to work. But I had, I had feedback on my wardrobe several times. In 2019, when I was working internally with an executive coach, because I really wanted to get promoted, we did 360 feedback, where I got feedback from Mm -hmm. some people I led, my peers, and some people I interacted with. And one of the pieces of feedback I got was, I cannot refer clients to Thera because of her flamboyant wardrobe. That was the exact word, flamboyant. And At that stage of my career, it's like, are you kidding me? I'm so good at my job. You're gonna judge me because I choose to wear a light green skirt or bright blazer. Like, like that's still the mindset we have. Mm -hmm. But once again, Mm -hmm. I did, I did make a subtle shift in my wardrobe because I wanted to be taken seriously. I wanted to get the to get the promotion. And what I can share with your audience, so I was participating in a women's leadership summit in the fall and one of the panelists was talking about authenticity and she said, authenticity mm. is a privilege. And that struck me because looking back, younger Sarah did not have the right or the choice to be her most authentic self. Not if she wanted to get ahead. It, it's like you have to play by somebody else's rules to, to get to a place where then you're in a position to make the rules. And I will say, you know, we're talking about wardrobe and dress and appearance, which feel pretty superficial. But then no, again, for me, like showing up as my best self, part of that is how I look. The difference, the difference was again, when we went through the merger, knew immediately it wasn't the right fit culturally. That was not something I was willing to negotiate on, right? That wasn't something like I'm like, okay, well, I'll try to figure it out how to remake myself so that I can fit in this corporate culture. It's like, no, this corporate culture of, of box checkers and bean counters, that is so not who I am. And I am never yeah. going to make it work. Yeah. So that's when I can, I can allow myself to be like the little ant who wanders off and says, okay, well, we got to find another food source. So yeah. I, as I get older and as I get more comfortable with my authenticity, it's less and less negotiable. At yeah, point. yeah. And what I,
0: what I really want to stress from our previous conversation is how much you enjoyed the people you worked with, the work you are doing, where you live, the impact you could make with that work, and the income of that Right. There was so much that was enjoyable for you that you were oh. leaning into that you were really and like just enjoying. You use the word loved, right? And so if it's like, okay, all of this fits. So I'm going to shift this thing over here until probably implicitly at the time until you were like, until I'm in charge and then I'm yeah. going to stretch this and make. That possible for the people coming up behind me. Like that was a strategic choice that you made for that period of time. And yeah, when we were speaking, I was like, oh, wait, that I don't like that. And it doesn't, and then I was reflecting back on it. Like, oh my gosh, come on to my podcast. I want to talk about this, but I was been reflecting on it in the past, what five, six weeks since we first got the opportunity to talk. And I'm like, actually, I did that in so many ways as well. And then made sure I was holding the door open. I was putting down the ladders. I was putting my hand out to to elevate people. And I totally forgot this authenticity is a privilege because I think it's so challenging for me. I feel so challenged by that statement
1: because it is, because it is. It's, yeah, and that you you bring up a really good point, which is my early career, there was so much that was, great about what I was doing. I, mm-hmm. I loved the work I was doing. I felt appreciated and valued and well compensated. I loved my team members, my clients, all of it. So gosh, if you need me to tone down my wardrobe, okay, I'm happy to make that adjustment. I'm not going to yeah. dig my heels in because there's so yes. much good. But then when you get to, okay, culturally, this is not a fit. Like it's, it's yeah. in your heart. Like you, I couldn't, Yes, I, I I couldn't fake it, and I couldn't yes. make an adjustment to be someone who I, my core I'm not.
0: Yeah, though, so. so and this is the nuance that I really wanted to bring you, dear Brave Community, because we're talking about this thing authenticity, and it's even the word of the year. Did you see that? It, it's like the word Again. of the year from, and I was like, whoa. So I dove into some of the online conversations, and it's like this either or thing for so many people but it's not. It's a nuance. It's bespoke to you. It's unique to you. And there's going to be a place, dearest listener, there's going to be a place where maybe other people don't see that line, but you see the line. And maybe other people see a line and you see an adjustment. And so when you're thinking about your authenticity and you're thinking about your presence, it's for you and your growth process. And this nuance, Sarah, that you bring for us is something I just wanted to share with our community here in the Brave community because it's truly brave to try things, get feedback. Once you got in the 360, I'm so excited. You got it. You tried it out. You made it work. And then you shifted. Every time you got new information, Mm -hmm. you could make a new decision.
1: And eventually you get to a place where you're you're senior enough that you're you're setting the tone and yeah. you're creating the culture and you're creating the environment.
0: Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Well, with so much bravery yourself, who is a brave role model from your real life?
1: My dad. Oh, mate. My- that was so fast. <laughs> like, okay. I love it. Why my dad? my dad my dad when i was growing up my dad worked in advertising he was a copywriter and on the weekend he would hole up in his office and he would write novels and screenplays and you know, things he was really passionate about and when i was in grade school he got an opportunity to leave advertising to go to hollywood and he did that for several years came back went back into advertising Pivoted to online marketing and and website creation, sold his company, and then in 2001, became a full-time novelist. And he has published now 14 books. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He continues to write. I won't say his age because he'll get mad at me. But he, <laughs> is, he is at a point in his life where you would think, OK, this man should be retired and slowing down. But no, he is still out there working and writing. He just walked away from a publishing deal because it didn't align with his values so talk about authenticity wow he he made a very tough decision but he did it because it was the right thing to do for him and so he continues to model for me every single day what it's like to live your dreams and and what it's like to never give up and so yeah my dad
0: oh my gosh
1: thank you so much thank you so much
0: I want to leave time for you to share with us the service you're bringing into the world and why it matters and how people can connect with you, how they can bring you onto their podcast and their stage. Because, spoiler alert, I know that it's making a difference. And so earlier you said, does the world need another? Yes, yes. The world <laughs> does need you. I do. Yes. <laughs> Thank you.
1: So my husband and I ran Shorey Financial Planning, which is an hourly only financial planning firm. Less than 2% of financial advisors in this country charge hourly, right? Same way as we charge, same way a CPA would charge or an attorney. We chose hourly because we believe it is the most transparent, straightforward, and fair way to serve clients. And it really democratizes the industry by increasing accessibility to independent objectives financial advice as part of the work i do i also have developed something called your money will last longer than your husband which is a series of i do live events in charlotte and i'm looking to develop a virtual series where i teach women of all ages stages of wages how to eliminate their money shame develop their financial confidence and plan for their financial future with conviction and that comes from my own. It's another episode, Nicole. I come from yeah. my own divorce and my own past relationship with money and how that led me on this journey. But it is a gift to be able to help everyone yeah. it with yeah. solving their financial problem, answering yes. the question, will I be okay? Do I have enough? Yes. Helping people navigate the things they don't understand. When it yeah. comes to money and helping, helping people develop a, a healthier relationship with money. Yeah. The shame yeah. we carry is astounding.
0: Yes, yes. So for the international audience, a, a good chunk of you, just a little bit of clarity. So first of all, no matter where you live, statistically, your money will last longer than your husband. So follow along. It's very <laughs> important. But also in the United States, we do not have any sort. And I know that in the EU right now and in Asia right now, there's a lot of talk about pensions failing, et cetera. With love, light and grace, knowing I lived in Europe for 13 years and my pension is over there. What you're talking about is important. Please keep talking about it. Please keep protesting. But you're talking about a 10 to 15 percent reduction in your pension that was already a living pension. What we're talking about over here in the United States is about $300 a month after you've worked for a very long time, and it's getting worse. And so financial planning and wealth building on the independent level is crucial to survival. Crucial to survival in old age. And so many providers charge you based on the wealth in your portfolio. But what if you don't have wealth? What if yeah. you grew up poor in Appalachia, right? And so it becomes very, very challenging to have expert advice and active support when you're not coming to a financial advisor with a portfolio. When I moved to the United States, I had been investing in, I don't even remember the name of it, but I was allowed to do it from Germany. And so I had been doing, it was like $3,000 a year. When I came in as an executive, With bank income, it still was very hard to find a provider who was willing to work with someone in their mid-30s who did not have a portfolio. And I literally had to use my network to get someone to work with me and my family. So Sarah, what you are offering is, like you said, I'm just stressing it for our audience, democratization of wealth Mm -hmm. building because you you charge hourly instead of a percentage, which is amazing. And then also the way that you approach it is based on, as you alluded to earlier, mistakes that you made. You said that you didn't start wealth building until your 30s. There doesn't have to be shame around that, but most of us have it. Or... You know, I I didn't break six figures before I was thirty, or I didn't da-da-da-da-da, or I have student loans, or I had to go into credit card debt, or whatever the case may be. And so this is the authenticity, this is the bravery, and these are some of the things that show up first in your glasses and in your earrings and in your beautiful tops, right? That I get to see on Zoom, but then continue through while you're doing what you do because Your money will last longer than your husband, statistically.
1: Statistically speaking, that is true.
0: (laughs) Oh, Sarah. So the links are going to be in the show notes to reach out to you to learn more about your in-person or your virtual events. I am so grateful that you were willing to be just incredibly generous and yourself on the Celebrate Brave podcast for this community. Is there anything that you want to close us out with?
1: Thank you for the opportunity, Nicole. It's been, I have loved all of our conversations. I love, I love the brave framework. And so I'm just thrilled that I get to have this time with you and, and get to share some of my experience with your listeners and your audience. And I hope, I hope it's made a difference for one person out there. I hope we talked about something today that someone's going to have an aha moment and think. Yeah. Okay. I get it. So thank you.
0: Well, that's guaranteed. (laughs) All right, everyone. (laughs) Until next week, brave it up. Before you go, you can deepen and expand what you're experiencing here on the Celebrate Brave podcast by working directly with me through bespoke results oriented one-on-one coaching that is rooted in my proven Build Your Brave framework. As of the last client survey completed in Q1 2023, 75% of my clients from the past two years report they reached their unique goal. 100% of my clients, yes, 100%, report they stress less as a result of working with me. 56% report working less. And 43% report earning more. You learns how to spend less time ruminating and stressing yourself out by getting clearer and calmer within a mindset approach that is simple, effective, and specific to you. Then we work together to end the habit of overworking and overproducing by crafting a plan of momentum specific to your goals and strengths. I support you as you execute your plan, including the skills and knowledge necessary to succeed in your own accountability. And finally, you step away from the all-too-common pattern of under-earning and make the shifts towards being well-paid in your industry, using the clarity and momentum to ensure you become the woman you want to be at work and in your life for real. Go to tricksteinbach.com to learn more and schedule your free no obligation consultation link in the show notes. You can stress and work less while you earn and live more by building the skill of bravery. Talk soon.